counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply, then you, lovely person, are in the right place. Because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back. And if you're new here, welcome aboard. I'm so happy that you found us. Now, you're going to enjoy today's podcast because I've got the fantastic Lisa Murphy, who's a counsellor and therapist from Cherry Therapies, coming in for a chat. And we talk about lots of really good stuff like how she got into counselling, how she discovered her niche and how her niche has changed over time. We talk about why she chose to concentrate on LinkedIn and how she comes up with a never ending supply of post ideas. So if you struggle with ideas for posts, take a listen. We talk about how she uses her posts to actually connect with her um, connect with her niche client, which is basically men with anger issues, and how she views LinkedIn as a really fantastic networking opportunity. And we also chatted about how despite both of us appearing pretty confident, how we often feel really anxious about going live. So if you feel anxious about going live, well, look, we all do. (laughs) So we'll be talking about that too. I think you're going to enjoy this one. So Lisa, hi, it's really great to have you here. Thank you so much for finding the time to come and have a chat with me. I'm sure that people are going to be really interested in some of the things that we talk about today. But before we get into all the nitty gritty, something I'd really like to know is how you got into singing. I know that you do singing. I know that you do like 40s singing. How did you get into that? Yeah, well, yeah, that's going back right away to uh, to when I was a bit younger there. So I've been a singer really all my life, to be honest. Um, And 1940s singing, it's just I've always been really interested in in old style music, vintage music. I love it. It's my favourite type of music. So it, um, it just felt like a nice, in terms of the singing, it was a nice niche to get into, you know, something to specialise in. So, um, yeah, ended up doing that. I haven't been singing for a while, though, now. It's been about, well, at least a year yeah. since I've sang. So it'd be nice to get back into it at some point. I bet you miss it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. How often were you gigging? Because you did quite a lot of work, didn't you? Yeah, it was usually I was gigging at the weekends and, and doing therapy during the week. So that kind of thing, really. But, um, I mean, at the minute, it's it's so busy with the therapy that it would be a bit difficult, probably, to be doing as many gigs as I used to. So, I mean, there was a time back in the day when I'd be gigging full time. I'd be, I was doing cruise ships and, you know, traveling around and doing that kind of thing. Um, so as the years went on, it kind of just got a little bit less and a little bit less. I was just kind of cooling off on the gigging and doing more therapy work. So it's been a, a natural process, I suppose. Yeah. So, but yeah, the last year, it's just obviously the singing stopped full stop and, uh, maybe it'll come back who knows yeah I bet you've missed it it sounds like a really good I mean you were you were professional so you know you weren't doing it just as a hobby but it's the Mm -hmm. sort of job that's like a hobby because it's the sort of job you do because you feel so passionately about it Mm, that's it 
well the singing bit was like the hobby and then all the other things around it was the was the work thing it's like yeah. driving to the gigs ex- putting the gear up um, yeah all the, the you know as you so, know all the admin yeah. that you need to do around any business so yeah. that was where I earned the money and the singing was just the uh, extra bonus on top really that's the fun bit yeah, yeah, and that's the bit I miss now, but I don't yeah. miss all the rest of it, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, travelling can be, it's, I find travelling really tiring. Yeah, yeah, and when you're travelling up and down the country and it's really late at night and things like that, it's not fun. Yeah, that's the that's the less fun side that people yeah. don't always see, isn't it? Well, that's it, yeah. And it's probably, I was in my, around my 30s when I kind of decided that I was going to go back to uni, do some training become a therapist um and I'm glad that I did it now because yeah. like, wow you know it would have been tough this this last year it would have been tough to just be trying to well just be not having yeah. a job at all which a lot of my musician friends are in that position now and it's yeah just absolutely yeah I think for us as counsellors I say us of course I'm not seeing clients anymore now but ah. I think as counsellors we have to sigh a bit of a re- sigh have a sigh of relief really over the last mm. year because for many people the thought of going online was terrifying but many people this has kind of forced people to get over that hurdle yeah and they've now got another skill they've now got another feather in the cap and a lot of people a lot of people are saying that they're going to keep doing it either full-time or part-time working online mm. with face-to-face very often that's going to be something that's just an extra thing that they offer so a lot of people, what I'm trying to say is a lot of people are carrying on with online because yeah. they've seen the benefits that are there for them. Absolutely, yeah. Well, it was always yeah. my plan to, to go more online even before the pandemic. Um, I was doing a bit of online work before then, but it was my kind of goal to pretty much go all online just to give me the freedom to travel around if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all online for me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah fantastic. Now, you said a little bit about your past, about going to university, but you've got a really varied past, haven't you? So as yeah. well as counselling, you're really, um, it's kind of wellness related, isn't it? So you've, mm-hmm. you've, I know you're very into nutrition. I know that you do, you used to do, um, I know you still do the raw foods for yourself. But you used to do raw foods, had a business to do with that. Mm-hmm. You still do hypnotherapy, you do EFT, meditation. So you've got like a, a real wellness background. Yeah, I really love the whole mind, body, holistic health uh, thing. And yeah, ever since, again, probably my early 30s, I've been really into um, all of the natural health. Um, I was a yoga teacher while I was studying, while I was at uh, uni. So um, I've always done a lot of meditation and things like that and the Reiki. So, yeah, I love it all. And and I, I still, even though I don't particularly teach yoga at the moment, all of that still comes into my practice really you know in the breathing techniques and the mindfulness and um that kind of thing so it's uh it's still very much a part of everything that i do and, and the raw food for myself just as a as you know to stay healthy and to stay kind of uh focused and clear in, in how i feel um definitely like raw vegan diet is uh is my uh my go-to really my default yeah i remember when i first spoke to you Oh, it was ages ago. We worked together. Yeah. It was back in 2018 because I checked it before. It was? I, yeah, 2018. Wow. Might even have been a bit before that. Mm. And I can remember the first time I spoke to you. 
I had a pack, I had a bag of crisps at the side of me <laughs> that I think I've just been eating. You were talking about the raw food, so I was sat there going, oh, wow, well, it's <laughs> me eating crisps. Literally the same's just happened before I spoke to you now. <laughs> just had some crisps because I was really it's the hungry. Same bag. <laughs> it's in the same bag. Not much chance of that, though. But I was really hungry. I thought, right, if I don't do something about it, I'll have a, rum- a rumbly tummy. So, yeah. And now I'm just sat here thinking, mm. oh, I'm speaking to this raw food lady when Deja I'm vu. constantly eating crisps. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. So what was it that made you do the training to be a counsellor on the top of all of that other stuff to do with like all of the wellness stuff? Yeah, it's weird. It was just something I kind of fell into. Like at uni, um, a few of the modules, I was doing a health science degree at uni. That's what I did. A few of the modules were in counselling and I guess I just enjoyed them. I never went to university thinking I was going to be a counsellor. I actually went um, my initial plan was to be a dietitian, which I guess fits in with all the, the raw food kind of stuff. Um, but as I went through it, I just kind of, I wanted a more, a more sort of um, grounded approach, a more multifaceted approach. So yeah, I kind of changed halfway through and just thought, right, I'm going to do more counselling training. So after my uni uh, degree, I went on, did my postgrad diploma for counselling so it was it's always been for me for lots of things in my life really it's just been a sort of accidental falling into something and oh actually well going with the flow I suppose and just realizing well this was what I was supposed to do all along but I never really had a very specific plan so but it's it's quite I, I find it's all right to just go with the flow really see what comes along well, yeah, because you don't always know exactly what you want to do. Sometimes mm. you just know that you're looking for something and what you're doing currently doesn't quite fit. Yeah. But that's the frustrating thing, isn't it? If you don't exactly know what, what you want to do, you yeah. can't do it because you're still in that sort of trying to work it all out. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's how it often works, isn't it? I mean, I was the yeah. same. I never sat and dreamt about dreamt about being a counsellor. Exactly. But the opportunity came up and I was Mm. I was interested from my own counselling back in the day when I first went, which was in my 20s. I was fascinated as to how when I went and I'd just be talking about something really mundane, she could ask a question that just made things like change and just go really deep. And it was like, how the hell do they Mm. do that? So Mm. I just thought it's really interesting. And I just I did an introduction course and I just got hooked. I just Mm. got really hooked. It's it's fascinating once you get started it's like it's like a drug isn't it <laughs> yeah well you realize this kind of superpower of listening skills that yeah. you you never were aware of before you know you never realized there was such a thing but uh once you start doing it yeah it's it's amazing isn't yeah. it and it's it's lovely to interact with people in such a, an authentic way i guess it and the whole counseling training it, it really it changes your your life it changes your per- I don't know if it changes your personality, but it definitely changes who you are yeah. um, and how you interact with others, I suppose. So, yeah, it's been an amazing journey. Yeah. Start to finish, yeah. And mm. it doesn't stop, does it? I mean, you know, I started off when I was a counsellor. I started off, I was in placement, volunteering, um, as probably as we all were. And then going into private practice has been a journey in itself. You know, I started off... Um, sort of niche in, in weight loss, which again, seemed to fit very well with, with my own personal sort of beliefs on diet and things like that. But I, um, I sort of 
notice i mean i was i was working with lots of different people um men and women but at the time when i first started i was sort of niching in weight loss working with a lot more women as you might imagine but i realized when um men a lot of men were sort of coming with anger issues and stress issues and and the kind of um the kind of modalities that i use that i kind of blend together you know the 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 hypnotherapy and the nlp and the eft and the, the mindfulness and everything it was really fitting really nicely with that particular problem because men were coming a lot of the time they hadn't had any prior um experience with relaxation or meditation and so i was showing them these things and they were like whoa this is the first time i've ever tried anything like this whereas women i find like they often have had a little dabble with things like that so it was really nice and as a, as a therapist it was really rewarding to sort of see the the huge differences that you could make really quickly with with that type of client so that's what got me into what i'm doing now which is working with men in anger management and stress management yeah. kind of thing so that, so that's now your niche so you've changed your niche from yeah the eating over mm -hmm. to working with men which i yeah. think is great i think men are often we we all know that um we don't all know that men struggle with their mental health we all know that men mm -hmm. often are um men often suicide and i think it's yeah. you know i wonder how much of that is linked to people not feeling as though they can get help mm -hmm. and i think men sometimes need that extra little bit of help to get into counseling and get need that extra help to do the things like you're talking about about relaxation and my experience of working with men is they often feel as though they've got the world on their shoulders because mm. despite the world moving there's still very much that there's almost that expectation that the man has to be a certain way the man has to be the breadwinner yeah and if they struggle with it they feel like they're letting the side down really so i, I do think mm. they're very i don't know it would be lovely if they could get more help yeah absolutely yeah, and they often do, they feel like they've got the whole world on the shoulders, the support in a family often. I mean, even if the, the wife or the partner is working, they're often, they often are the, the main breadwinner, at least the, the kind of um, people that I'm dealing with at the moment, or, you know, generally. So, yeah, there's lots, and they tend to just take it all on board and they're doing everything that, they're trying to do everything that everyone asks them. And that's, as you know, how stress and anger can build up in someone, you know, it's yeah. just this fun fuse that's burning away that's ready to explode at any point and it does you know in in the inappropriate situations unfortunately and sometimes it can get quite you know dangerous for either for themselves or for the people around them so yeah it's good yeah. to get get in there early and do preventative measures rather than later on when and i've seen people come to me when it is too late you know men come into me when they're absolutely devastated because they've ended up that the wife has divorced them and yeah. that, you know, they've lost the family home. They're not seeing the kids as much and they're just so it's heartbreaking to see what they go through because they've left it too late. So this is why in my marketing, I do try and I do as much as I can to kind of explain to people, explain to men, like what it's like. It's not so, it's not so scary as you might think. Um, and I try to encourage them to reach out for support not just from, from me, but from anyone, you know, any counsellor that's out there that's that's providing that service. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
So I've really been watching you over on LinkedIn. I see your posts. They are so good. They are so conversational. They're really helpful for people. So listening to this, go and check out Lisa Murphy over on LinkedIn. She's absolutely fantastic. What was it that made you choose LinkedIn? Was there a particular reason? Mm, Yeah, well, when I look around at social media, like Facebook, and and I've used them all, you know, I've used Facebook and Instagram, I've dipped my toe into the Pinterest waters and things like that. But for my particular niche, like, um, I guess you could say my, you know, ideal client would be, is, is usually like a guy in his late 40s, his, his 50s, um, who's having relationship difficulties, who's got the anger management, anger stuff going on. So, and the other platforms for me, you know, they're not really populated that much by that kind of demographic, whereas LinkedIn is, you know, it's it's got the businessmen there. And uh, I mean, LinkedIn nowadays, it's full of everybody, you know, lots yeah. of different people are using it. Um, but it certainly is where that kind of person may hang out if they're going to be using social media. So, and there's lots of things I like about LinkedIn, you know, it's it's very easy to see who people are what they do it's easy to be to be kind of visible on there you know if you put a comment on somebody's somebody else's post everyone can see who you are and what you do so it's a really not it's basically a networking platform so it's a really nice way of communicating with people getting to i've I've got to know some really brilliant people um through using linkedin so yeah i think all social media platforms are kind of for networking, aren't they? They're great for networking, but none yeah. more so than LinkedIn. I think it's more to do with, I think it's more to do with conversation on LinkedIn, whereas on Instagram, you know, it's, it's lots of images. It's very creative, which is lovely. But on LinkedIn, it is about conversation, I think, and really connecting with other people. Would you Would you say that or... Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said there, Instagram, you know, I think as a user, I would on Instagram, I'm just scrolling, looking at the pretty pictures. It's all very nice, but I'm not particularly going to get into a huge conversation. And for me, actually, one of the, the bonuses of LinkedIn is it's it's more, I can use my laptop. I can, I prefer to type than to fiddle with my phone. I'm a bit old school like that. So things like Instagram, you know, that was always, that always put my, me off a little bit, having to faff about on my phone trying to type things when I can type much better on um, a PC or a laptop so LinkedIn is nice for that and certainly yeah lots of communication lots of debates going on but they don't touch wood they don't tend to get to you know on Facebook I think people can get quite quite nasty sometimes um, you know when people are starting to have conversations and, and debates and things whereas LinkedIn I think people like a lot of the time people are there on on um, behalf of the work or the the kind of um being the the vocal you know showcase for the work kind of thing so they tend to um they're not too you don't get too sort of unprofessional on it i suppose yeah you don't really get the trolls do you, you do sometimes you do get a few yeah. men yeah that might have a few comments but i we, we mm. ignore them but yeah people yeah. are there more in a work capacity of some sort therefore kind of putting the best foot forward I suppose yeah yeah absolutely and just in general for me anyway I guess it depends on who you connect with but I've found it to be a nice supportive platform it's quite fun but again you know I've connected with the people who 
who are fun you know I've, i guess you can tailor you your news feed to suit yourself and you can tailor your connections to suit yourself so so and i know for myself i like to have a little bit of banter i like to have a laugh with people so um i've tailored like everything to to suit that really so yeah i absolutely enjoy it it's really good yeah and you know you get to know some you get to know some great and there's news on it as well so you know you get to know some quite interesting stuff about the world and other people's businesses as well yeah i mean like you say it, it is a networking place so you do connect with other people and yeah although ultimately i mean the way i see social media ultimately we use social media because ultimately we want we want to let people know we're there be visible and ultimately yeah. attract clients yeah but if we use social media from a point of view of i'm enjoying this i'm enjoying chatting mm -hmm. to other people i'm enjoy and i'm enjoying this situation mm -hmm. then that that nice lovely human friendly supportive side of you comes out yeah and they see that and i think we can do that without sharing anything like you know personal disclosure anything mm -hmm. that might worry us around personal disclosure we, we don't have to disclose anything that we don't want to people will just get an, an essence of you just from the way you interact with others yeah. does that make sense yeah totally and i know i'm sure a lot of counselors they do worry about one of the things they might worry about on social media is the self-disclosure aspect like well should i be talking about myself like this is this too much but I, I mean, my rule of thumb is like, you know, anything I would say to a client, then, you know, I'm quite happily happy to say on social media, I'm not going to come out and talk um, about my, my deepest innermost secrets or problems or something like that. But I am going to talk about counselling as a whole or think the kind of things that might happen in sessions or the kind of things I can help people with. And, you know, any kind of personal information. Yeah. If, if I was, if I'm happy, if I think to myself, well, a client might be reading this, am I happy for them to see that? Then that kind of is a, is a good rule of thumb, I find. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think we can, I think in training, it's so drummed into us that we mm. shouldn't give anything personal away, that it makes yeah. it very difficult. I think if you're in a position where you're in paid employment as a counsellor, you don't have to mm. think about those things. But mm. if you want to attract clients, you've kind of got to do a little yeah. bit of work about how you feel about it, what you're comfortable with, get those boundaries in place. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we need to let people know that we're nice and approachable mm. and warm and all of those yeah. things. And the amount of times someone as a client has come and I'll say, oh, you know, what made you, you decide to, to go with me? Oh, I noticed you mentioned you're from Liverpool or, oh, you mentioned you used to be a singer. You know, it's always something that I've mentioned about my personal life. It's not yeah. ever, oh, you have that qualification in yeah. such and such. It's always something about something personal. That's yeah. what's attracted them to me because it gave them a little, like a bit of common ground with me. And that's what they wanted. They wanted to know that, they were going to talk to someone that, that was going to be on their wavelength in some way, you know, and it, it can be amazing. You know, it can be like, oh, I noticed you, you grow organic vegetables. Yeah, I'm into that as well. You know, so this is why you can talk on LinkedIn about anything in your life and it can actually be um, advantageous to, yeah. to, you know, letting the clients know that you're there and you've got something in common with them. So, yeah. Well, it starts forming that connection, doesn't it? And it's that, exactly. I mean, everything in, in counselling really comes down to the quality of the um, therapeutic relationship. relationship. For sure. And yeah. we can start 
growing that and forming that mm. just by the way that we talk on social media. I think it's yeah. fantastic. I yeah. really do. And it's been quite a personal journey for me to be able to share this kind of stuff because as probably a lot of people, a lot of counsellors, you know, it can be quite, you can feel quite self-conscious when you first come out on social media and start to kind of open up about yourself and it can be quite daunting. But it's been a journey of sort of pushing out of my comfort zone, pushing out of my comfort zone. Um, and I'm, I'm still on that journey now, but I look back, maybe say, I think it was about seven or eight years ago when I first put my business onto Facebook and I did my first social media post about my business and I was terrified. Yeah. I thought that everyone was just going to judge me and hate me and criticize me and everything. But actually they were really supportive. And I always remember the feeling I had when I saw the comments on that first post. I was so relieved. I, was, I, was, I think I was even crying, to be honest. Oh, I was just, yeah, <laughs> I was so relieved that no one was hating me. And, but that's, you know, I have to remind myself that I used to feel like that. When the things I put out now are much more probably, what's the word? Like, I wouldn't have had the, the kind of nerve to put the kind of things out back then as I do now. I'm probably much more real these days than I was then. You know, at first I was quite safe in what I'd put out, but now I'll, I'm, I'll put out things, just, you know, any old thing that's just happened in my life. I'll be, oh, by the way, this happened. <laughs> Um, and the more you do it, the more the more sort of like courage you get to do more, really. And yeah, sometimes you get some negative comments. You know, I got some very critical comments just the other day about something I posted. And, you know, you just have to kind of brush it off, really, and think, well, you know, that's their opinion. It's, it doesn't really matter. You know, there's plenty of other people that do share my opinion. And in fact, on social media, often when you get that, a divergence of opinions is actually the, the algorithms love that you know it's yeah. pure food for them so that's another thing you got to bear in mind is that you just feed in the algorithms when you put these uh these comments or stories on you know if you can get people talking then yeah that's uh you've, you've done what you wanted to do really yeah absolutely i mean it's it's literally all about engagement these days mm -hmm. and engagement is simply getting people to talk with you and yeah. connect with you yeah, and sometimes exactly. having an opinion that might split mm. the, the opinion of the readers, it's yeah. great for that because mm -hmm. it means that people go, well, I agree with that. I don't agree with that. And people are yeah. compelled to answer. Yeah. And I, I yeah. find I do that a little bit. I, I tend to not give my opinion on things because, mm. you know, I'm a bit of a scaredy cat. But So I don't necessarily say this is what I think, but I mm -hmm. will go on there and say, I've seen that this happens. Some people say this, yet some people say that. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And then people will come in. So you can do posts like that that really get people engaged and really kind of passionate about the subject without mm -hmm. actually saying what you think as well. So you can, if yeah. you're a bit scared like me, like me, <laughs> you hide because you don't want to say something, get a lot of, you know, too much opinion because I'm not very good with not very good with conflict <laughs> <laughs> well there was a funny post that 
funny uh, example of that that you did, I noticed the other day, and I don't even know if you noticed the, the comments, but it was about people decorating the house for Easter because I commented on it. I was like, wow, people do that. And then I noticed there was a, quite a lot of um, different debate on that. Um, you know, people were like, that's ridiculous that anyone could <laughs> decorate the house at Easter. Other people are like, yeah, it's brilliant to decorate your house at Easter. So, yeah, you can take any subject yeah. and people will have a little arguments about it on social yeah. media. They love to, you know, yeah, they love yeah. to jump on the high horse about things, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Well, it's not necessarily argument, though, is it? It's just mm. um, sharing. It's just yeah. it's just sharing. But yeah. it's those sorts of things that really help your social media. And it's, it's usually nothing to do with counselling. It's usually just mm. something like, do you decorate your house for Easter? Exactly. And then people will just have something to say. And it's yeah. easy for people to comment on then. They're not mm. having to think, oh, I've got to share all my secrets by, mm. by doing this. And I find what helps is um, when you have, when you talk about things that aren't anything to do with your business, then it gives a kind of in for other people to to talk to you and give their um, side of the, their sort of uh, side of the story. Because if if I only ever talk about therapy and use the big therapeutic words and things like that, there's a lot of people that just aren't really going to know what I'm talking about. Whereas if I, you know, if say for instance you you do a post on decorating your house for Easter, then everyone can have a, a point of view on, or lots of people can have a point of view on that. They all know what you're talking about. So and I mean, for instance, I um I interact a lot with, or a lot of my connections um, are in the construction industry, you know, guys that are in the construction industry, they're not going to really particularly want to talk about therapy, perhaps. And if they just talk about construction, then I can't really talk, I can't really comment on their post then because I've got, I haven't got a clue about it. But if they do a post on, for instance, oh, my son's just, you know, qualified from uni or something like that, then, you know, I can um, interact with that. So this is why, I mean, sometimes you get, you know, those comments from the stick in the mud saying, well, this isn't Facebook, you shouldn't be posting that. Yeah. But really, I think it is um, just like if you were at work, if you were stood at the water cooler or something, you'd be chatting about your kids or um, what you have for tea or something like that. Um, and so I think personally that LinkedIn can be like that as well. You know, you can talk about your personal stuff and it gives everyone a chance to, to interact. I mean, I, I don't know if, even know if you remember saying this. I remember you saying it a long time ago. and it, it's, it's been so helpful for me actually using LinkedIn. All you said was like, just make it easy for people to reply. And just that, it's so simple, but it's uh, it's it's gold dust really, you know, make it easy for them to to respond to what you've said. Ask them a question or something like yeah. that. Mm. Yeah, because ultimately if they're scrolling through something, they need a reason to stop. So yeah. you have to sort of, it has to be something that's a little bit interesting. So if they're going to leave a response, it's got to be easy for them to leave a response. They don't want to think about what they're going to say. Mm. They don't want to, you know, share something deep. It might be just a really simple yes or no response. And that all means that they're interacting with you. It's all good for the algorithm. And all of those yeah. things count towards them knowing that you are a, real, a relatable, approachable, friendly, warm, kind person mm -hmm. that they could probably sit in a room and talk to with or recommend yeah. that somebody else does. And that's literally all it is, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
and on that kind of same subject you know it's something and it's it's outside my comfort zone i don't particularly like to do it but putting photos of yourself up you know to putting the odd selfie up or doing some video things like that i it's so important people love to see what you look like that's one of the, the main things they look for in a counselor they want to see what you look like um you know all the the studies sort of say that, you know, people just go on your, your profile picture or something. Yeah. So it is so important, I find, to just let people see, uh, even though it's it's not the most comfortable for me to, you know, take photos of myself and stick them up there. But I do, I force myself to do it because it's just another way for people to, to make a decision on who you are, who, what they think of you. Unfortunate, you know, that it's a visual thing, but, you know, people do. It's the way humans work, isn't it? It's really interesting because I hate I hate going live. I don't like it at all. I feel very uncomfortable going live, mm-hmm. but I do it because I know that, you know, it's something that works. And I think a lot of people will look at me and think, oh, I bet she's all right doing this. She's done it for ages. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to you saying that and I'm thinking, well, this is a person that sta- literally sings on a stage, <laughs> you know, what know. everybody else would be like, I could never do that. And you, mm-hmm. e- even you feel a bit uncomfortable about it. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny how most people really, really do feel uncomfortable about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we can have different parts of ourselves, can't we, that we bring out for certain situations. And certainly for me, like I, I had, I have a certain persona that comes out when I'm on stage. Um, and when I first was doing like, it took me a long, long time to be able to do videos. And still, I don't really. I'm not particular fan of doing them but I had to do a lot of work on myself to, to do that and in fact I remember the first like public talk I did I did an awful lot of therapy on myself like NLP and things like that to to get the confidence to be able to stand there on a stage and not be singing but be talking instead because mm. for me that was just really like my worst nightmare yeah. but luckily you know NLP is a, a brilliant thing so uh, it helped me and uh, you know I've done similar to, to be able to be confident on video as well but, I mean I'm still not there yet because um it's one thing see standing uh, when you, you know I'm 51 so standing on a stage like when you're far away from people they can't really you know they can't see all the wrinkles from, <laughs> from there so but you know there's another when you've got um an iPhone right up to your face you know yeah. as a selfie like every little um every little floor is out there for people to see yeah. and that can be quite daunting really but again it's something I've just sort of forced myself to get over because I know that you know it's I shouldn't feel like that and I'm help like I say I'm helping people to get a, a sense of who I am by doing it I'm not a fan of it for all of those reasons. Um, <laughs> and I think for most, I mean, Zoom, having that little touch-up box you can oh, click, yes. so it t- gives you a little touch-up. It's like, it's magic and it's wonderful. Thank <laughs> God for that. If only we could have that in life, but we can't. But I, know. I, I tell myself, if somebody meets me for a coffee, this is literally what they're going to see. Yeah. Why am mm. I ashamed of it? Well, I know why I'm ashamed of it, because I've got my own insecurities. We all have. But <laughs> the way that I see it is, you know, the book, Feel the Fear, uh, feel the fear yeah. and do it anyway. I kind yeah. of live by that. Yeah. Because I think I think it's not about necessarily always getting rid of the fears or getting rid of the anxiety. Sometimes we just have to do it and still be scared. Mm. Sometimes we just have to say, right, I'm scared, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Because, you know, we, can, we could go for years of counselling and mm. we might still not, you know, being anxious is a part of life, I think, isn't yeah. it? We might still... There's always there's always going to be something else to look at. 
Mm. So I think it's more important to say, right, I'm scared about doing this, but I'm going to give it a go anyway. Yeah. Rather than I'm going to wait until I can do it perfectly because you could literally be waiting forever, couldn't you? You would be, yeah. You you would you would just be scared and never ever do it. I mean, I remember my first gig I ever did. I was shaking so much, I think I practically I never fell off the stage, you know. Um, but now, you know, I'd I'd walk on and not even think twice about it. The first video I ever did, I was really scared. And the problem with video, see, you'll do it and then you'll look at it and go, no, it's not good enough. So then you can delete it, can't you? I mean, yeah. I guess live video is different. But yeah, it's so definitely feel the fear, just do it anyway. Yeah. You know, do, I find it's good to just book things in your schedule and then do them and then yeah. worry about it later. Like my like that public talk I mentioned uh, earlier, I did that, you know, I got the um, request to do the talk. I said, yeah, before I had a chance to think about it. And then it was done. It was in the schedule yeah. and I'd agreed to it. So I had to kind of do it. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good philosophy to have throughout life, Absolutely. really, isn't it? Yeah, I did that a few years ago. I did a I did a talk for the BACP student conference down in London. Ooh. And they, I know, yes. fancy. And um, <laughs> they contacted me and said, oh, will you do it? And you know what? I was ex- I exactly just thought, say yes. Yeah. It's like, say yes and work it out. Afterwards. Worry about it so I said yes. <laughs> And I worked it out afterwards and I did it and it wasn't brilliant. I have to say, it, oh, but it's I the first, it was a lot better than that. Well, it was the first one I'd ever done and I did it and it was just such a good feeling. So, yeah. 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 Well, I always think back to, I did, I skydived once. Um, wow. And you know, that feeling like, you know, you jump out, you have to jump out the plane. You just have to do it. Yeah. You can't sit there and wait till you're not scared anymore because that's never going to happen. And, and you just, yeah, the plane's going to end up coming down and you'll yeah. you'll have missed your opportunity so yeah it's it's very much like that i find all these things just like close your eyes hold your breath and just jump out basically yeah <laughs> i love that i think that's brilliant really really good yeah because mm. you could just because as long as you're sitting on the edge you're gonna be more nervous yeah yeah aren't you absolutely if you're if you're sitting on the edge waiting you're gonna mm. be more nervous yeah yeah, yeah. So like I say, your LinkedIn, and I think the way that you speak on LinkedIn is fantastic. So what's kind of what's your process for that? How do you decide what to write? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm not really sure I've got much of a process. I think things just come into my head. A lot of the time, right, I'll be um, in a session with a client and clients give me all my material, to be honest. Um, They'll say things and I think, oh, yeah. I've heard loads of clients say that it's obviously a thing that lots of people are thinking. So I'll make a little note of that. And then at some point I'll write a, a, um, a post about it. So, I mean, for me, like I've just got a, lo- a big word document with like loads of ideas of things that people have said, things that I've overheard, things that I've come up with myself. Um, and I'll just write them on this, type them out on a word document. And then when I'm in the sort of flow the creative flow I'll, I'll make a proper post about it um so sometimes it'll sit there for ages while i kind of stew over it sometimes i'll just go straight to linkedin and, and post it immediately um but just anything that really that happens to me anything that comes into my mind that i feel would be like helpful for people or i can make a point about you know make a point about what counseling is like or how it can help or the the things people are talking about in counseling the worries people have got about counseling there's just there's yeah. you know 
I don't think I could, I could, I think I could probably post a hundred times a day and not, not run out of content really yeah. from, you know, I've got reams and reams of sort of documents of things that I haven't got around to putting into a proper kind of format to post. And then also there's things like other people write things on LinkedIn and I'll think, oh, that, that's interesting. And I'll have my point of view about that. So I'll write a post, I'll tag them in, you know, I won't just kind of you know copy the work or something. I'll tag them in and say, oh, so-and-so was talking about this. And this is what I think. So that's a nice thing to do as well, because you're giving them a little bit of, you know, exposure by doing that. And again, it's the networking quality of LinkedIn that you do and you sort of, you're all just having a conversation together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's interesting. That's a similar way to, that I do it. I hear something or I'll see something and it'll just make my brain go, oh, that's yeah. a new way of looking at it. But yeah, I think when it comes to sort of, um, when it comes to social media, when you're seeing clients, there's so many little things, so many little throwaway comments and so many, mm. and it just makes you realise that, oh God, I'd not thought of that. Of course, that's something that lots of people struggle with. And then you can sort of put that in a post. Yeah. Quite, in the, you know, there's no no confidentiality problem because you're not talking yeah. about a client, you're talking about a situation that's like exactly. to do with nobody, or you can yeah. even change the situation, can't you? Yeah yeah so that it is completely confidential but i think those mm. are the sorts of things that get that are really relatable that people go oh god yeah that's mm. me i do that yeah exactly well like i say i mean when you know like lots and lots of clients keep saying the same thing and then it tells me that loads of people are thinking thinking that or, or yeah talking about it so that's when i might make a post about that yeah. Or it, it might be just something I've overheard at the hairdressers or yeah. something like that. You know, it's just so much that you can talk about. And, you know, think about like everything that's ever happened to you in your life. You know, there's everyone's got stories that they tell, haven't they? You know, if you with at a family party or something, you'll talk about you'll talk about stories and things. So you can do that on LinkedIn as well. You know, yeah. talk about something that you were going through and how you resolved it. And the other thing about LinkedIn, which is it's a two-edged sword really is that you know you've got this 1300 character limit so you've got to be quite precise at what you talk about um i'm often having to edit down um so that i can fit it into a post which i think is quite good in a way to have to operate within restrictions like that because it it forces you to cut out all the fluff and just you know say it in the most precise way possible which is i think people they haven't got loads of time to be reading through reams and reams of words so that's good practice I find you know you end up with I think it's maybe about 300 words or something so it's you know you're not like a Facebook post you could probably do as much as you ever wanted so you can't get too carried away um with making a huge big thing so it's, it's only just really for a, a sort of um a, a, quite a short comment really yeah mm. yeah I find that once you start using social media and posting regularly, mm -hmm. instead of running out of ideas, you just get more and more ideas because yeah. you bring that brain set, that mindset, exactly. aren't you? Your brain's just yeah. through your day, you start to just notice little things and think, oh, I could write mm. about that. So mm. I find that the more that you post, the more ideas that you get. Yeah, it's like you turn on a tap, isn't yeah. it? Um, and I think I that was one of the things I worried about at first. I was like, well, if I say this, then 
oh, that's, that's, I'm going to run out of ideas at some point, you know, that it's going to be a finite supply of things that I've got to say. And it's the opposite. You know, once you start saying, yeah. you turn, once you start talking, you turn on that tap and you just seem to get more and more inspiration to, to talk about more things. So yeah. it's an infinite supply of content, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, as counsellors, I mean, often we're, we're kind of more mature people, you know, we're, we've not, we're not like 18 year old, you know, but we've got a lifetime of experience and things that we've gone through ourselves or things that we've witnessed or opinions and things. So we've got a lot to say, I think. Yeah. So, you know, why not say it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I couldn't agree more. Mm. How often do you post on LinkedIn? I personally post about once a day, no more than that. I know some people say post more than that, but I I couldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have time. Um, for me, I think quality over quantity. Um, sometimes, you know, I won't post daily because I just haven't, haven't got time to do it. But I wouldn't, yeah, I would just, quality over quantity is definitely yeah. the thing for yeah. me. I think um, I don't want to just be posting any old nonsense just because I need to post. Yeah yeah absolutely it really is quality over quantity because mm -hmm. if everything comes down to this engagement then if you're just posting something that's like doesn't get engagement then it, yeah. it has a negative impact so you're far better exactly. just hanging on yeah yeah the algorithms aren't going to like you if yeah. you post something and it just it's tumbleweed yeah and yeah. um, you know it's very noisy out there in the world of social media and there's it's it's a good there's a high standard of content out there that you got to compete with so if you're just going to be throwing out uh stuff that that doesn't really matter and no one cares about then it's just yeah it's not going to go anywhere really you're going to be wasting your time so it is good to to put something that means something that that's going to mean something to the people that are your connections hopefully i mean obviously you, you never know when a post is going to be popular or not sometimes i've posted something and i've expected it to do like hardly anything because it just was a little throwaway thing and then suddenly it's gone viral and i'm like what how, how did that happen so you can never really tell yeah um so i don't try and overthink it too much i just basically post whatever comes into my mind but I make sure I, I try and make sure as much as I can anyway that it's going to be it's going to be useful for people in some way yeah and that's really all we're doing we're just putting posts out there that are going to be useful or informative or helpful yeah. or that'll just make people think or or just be exactly. funny even yeah. just putting something out there that's not, that's just fun yeah yeah there's nothing wrong with doing that exactly yeah mm -hmm. and you know it's very much part of my personality to have a laugh to have fun so i'm not going to withhold that because again i want people to, to see who i am i mean when i'm i've got clients we have a laugh and a joke yeah. i mean not all the time obviously sometimes it's, it's serious stuff but a lot of the time in my sessions we do have a good old laugh so i'm going to want to put that you know make sure that people know that about me because um you know i don't want people coming to me that if they if they want a really serious counsellor and they they end up coming to me and they're kind of disappointed you know so um i want people to know i mean i'm the kind of person that it's quite informal I, I try and be as approachable as possible um i'll have a little laugh and a joke with them if they're in the mood for it so um yeah just letting people know the kind of person i am and the, so and the kind of person i am is going to translate into the kind of counsellor that i am yeah because yeah. I don't put an act on with yeah. clients. 
And this, it comes back to that therapeutic relationship. And I, I say this all the time, and guests have said this as well. Ultimately, if you put it, if you're on social media and people get an essence of you, mm-hmm. then it means that when they pick the phone up to come and work with you, they already know they want to work with you because they don't, they don't need that assessment necessarily because they've yeah. already worked out that you're the person they, because they've, they've kind of, they've seen you, they've heard you, they mm-hmm. know what type of person that you are. So they've got a really good sense of who you are mm-hmm. before they even pick the phone up to you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that whole thing of like, well, let's have an initial free consultation to see if we're a good fit for each other. That for me is just feels a bit like I, I just don't need I don't do that anymore because I've put so much content about myself out there that if they want to know what kind of person I am, they, they can go and have a look. You know, they can look at all the videos and things. So there's nothing I can tell them that I haven't to- talked about already on social media. So I don't really bother doing these free consultations anymore. Yeah. You know, I just, yeah, go straight into it, really. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, that's how you can save yourself all that time, you know, because if you're going to do an hour, I know a lot of counsellors still do this, they'll give an hour free consultation and that can add up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we do that. But maybe when we, I know I did when I first started out, it was like, yeah. you know, you're desperate to get clients. <laughs> you're desperate, yeah. aren't you? But once yeah. you've had a few clients, you think to yourself, well, I can't do that anymore. There comes a point mm-hmm. when you have to say, I, I, I just can't do that anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's one of the things about social media that maybe isn't necessarily really acknowledged about the fact that it can just be such a good way for people to, they decide in advance once they see you up there, don't they? Mm, that you're the right exactly. person. And also, you know, you're putting out stuff that's helpful for people. So, you know, I'll, like there's a lot of people that aren't ready to even come to a counsellor or even have an initial consultation, but... I'll put out things, little techniques or little things that they can help um, with. But, so you're going to be benefiting loads and loads of people rather than just that one person that you're speaking to. Yeah. So I think it's uh, it's good in that way as well. Yeah, I think it's win-win. I mean, I've got yeah. somebody, I've got a friend of mine and they wanted to have some counselling and they phoned up a counsellor and they didn't book because they were you know terrified as a lot of people are it's like oh do I need to go I'm sure it's not that bad you know yeah and uh, they didn't book but they kept an eye on that counsellor on Mm. social media and then it was over a year later I was just thinking about that this Mm. morning I was just talking to somebody about it it was over a year later yeah when that person actually made an appointment and started the actual counselling process Mm. and I think with counselling you don't always know where your clients come from because Mm. they can come they might come from a directory they might come from a website they might come from seeing but I think it's a cumulative thing yeah and if you said to them where did you find me they'll say oh your website because that's Mm. you don't know how they found your website did they yeah where was it from so yeah 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 oh yeah I find people just say you say where do you find me oh Google <laughs> like which thing did you Google yeah what did so, you Google <laughs> I know exactly but yeah I, I hear that all the time you know that people oh yeah I, I saw you it's about seven months ago I saw you and, and I've just I'm just getting in touch now and I think wow it took that long but yeah. it can take years people yeah. come after about two years I've done it myself though with therapists or coaches I've just I've kept an eye on people you know and thought yeah I think they I could work with them yeah. but at some point I'm just ready to do it yeah but, when the time's right yeah, yeah. But, and if you keep putting out that content 
they will, you know, they'll keep seeing it and keep seeing it. So yeah, that's how it works. And that accumulative thing, I'm always going on about that. You know, everything just it just drip feeds in, doesn't it? Whether you're on a listing or whether you're doing some SEO or whether you're on your social media platform, yeah. And yeah. and the word of mouth that comes in, all of that. Yeah. It's just it's all an accumulative process, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. But it takes time. So if anybody's listening yeah. to this and they've just started out, you know, oh, yeah. both of us have been doing this for a little while now. Mm. You don't start off knowing this. You always start off like we did, posting something and thinking, oh, shit, mm. what if somebody says something nasty? And yeah. you start off like that and you just gradually add a little bit more, something new, just yeah. try something else until you get to a point where you've got lots of little things that work in your favour exactly yeah just keep edging out of your comfort zone every time you know every time you post and yeah and each time you'll realize that the world didn't end even if someone puts a nasty comment or something you know the world didn't end yeah. and the people who matter won't care you know they'll know who, who you really are absolutely absolutely yeah. i think we think that people will look at these trolls mm. and be on and the side notice. of the troll but they yeah. don't what we what we tend to do if we see a troll we always come down on the side of the person yeah. that, that wrote the post because we want to defend them against this this nasty mm -hmm. person, don't we? Exactly, yeah. 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 I love what you do on LinkedIn. I think it's fantastic. I love the way that you've got so many different interests and now all of these interests have kind of, cut, kind of come together in your, in your practice mm. and that you're working with men who, as we know, are often left on the sidelines, not necessarily mm. to do with our not necessarily our fault you know it's a man thing isn't it to not necessarily mm. self-care or look after themselves but yeah. I think it's great that more people now are specifically working with men and mm. making them feel more comfortable about getting help yeah and I know when I was still counseling I was surprised at the number of men that came actually it was a far higher mm. proportion than I thought it was going to be yeah 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 no it's it's good but when I first started like I say I was specializing in weight loss and because I was working from home at the time in private practice, and um, this is well before the online stuff happened, um, I was kind of a little bit worried about the thought of, you know, all well, men come into the house and, oh, it might be dangerous or something. Uh, but then I very quickly realized that it wasn't, you know, it was fine. They were all, it was no problem at all. And, and I enjoy working with men, you know, others. I mean, I guess I've always, um, had a lot of like male friends i've always i grew up with brothers um i've had a, always had a lot of kind of male sort of influence in my life really um and i'm i guess i'm quite a, a a tomboy you know i was never very much a girly girl so it suits me quite well to to work with guys and to just sort of have that kind of banter going on as well as doing the work as well mm. and long may it continue yeah yeah <laughs> lisa Great. thank you so much for this it's been an absolutely delight talking to you, mm, you i think too, it's Jane. been really interesting and I, i'm sure that anybody listening to this is gonna i think for one thing it's the reassurance that we all struggle and feel a little bit mm. um unsure very yeah. often don't we yeah but also go and check lisa out over on linkedin and mm. um have a look at her posts and you'll see just how wonderful they are. They are really lovely. So <laughs> the pressure's on now. I'll have to do a good post today. <laughs> It'll be like what I had from a breakfast or something. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa, so much. Thanks, Jane. Always great to talk to you. And if you want to connect with Lisa, I'll put her details in the show notes below. 
Isn't Lisa lovely? And she shared some really great insights about niching, about feeling anxious, and about increasing your engagement on social media. And I love the way that she comments on other people's posts in order to get seen by her ideal client and how to get found in order to form that connection. Now, if you want to connect with Lisa, she's on LinkedIn, Lisa Murphy. So go and say hi. And if you're not on LinkedIn, take a listen to episode 41, where I share with you six compelling reasons why LinkedIn is LinkedIn, I'll say why LinkedIn is great for therapists. And also maybe have a listen to episode 42, where I talk about why your private practice doesn't have to be on every social media platform. And of course, if you need any help with attracting more clients, the Grow Your Private Practice Club is available for you right now. Now we have regular monthly making the most of Grow Your Private Practice sessions, which is basically a place where you can get all of your questions answered. We have either a monthly workshop with me or a monthly guest mastermind with a guest expert. We also have a monthly group coaching session, which is brilliant if you do struggle with fears, with worries about visibility, if there's any self-sabotaging go along, going along for you, like imposter syndrome. And we also have comprehensive training on things like niching, how to get started quickly without a website, how to use social media, what you need on your website, how to manage your mindset so you don't hold yourself back. And also we have a friendly, supportive community and member only offers and resources. Now, if you've been thinking about it, but you're not quite sure, let me just say we have a 14 day money back refund policy. So there's just no risk. So if you come and join us today, it's just £35 a month and that includes everything. You'll just not find such a comprehensive resource at such an affordable price anywhere else. So come and join us. So that's it for now. I'd love to connect with you. So come and find me on Instagram. So that's Grow Your Private Practice, all lowercase, no spaces, or search for me on LinkedIn and come and say hi. And remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. So have a fantastic week and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.